You're listening to From Heaven and Hope, a weekly podcast where Nicole Frazier brings you conversations from those who have been affected by grief. Whether a parent, child, friend, counselor, pastor, or philanthropist, everyone moves through and conquers grief in their own way. We know that what you're facing is a long road, but no matter how dark that road is, there will always be light. There will always be purpose. From where they are in heaven to the hope you need to move forward, we want to help you on that journey. Here is today's episode. Hi, everyone. Joining me today is Crystal Partney. Crystal has become a righteous advocate for suicide prevention and awareness following the passing of her sister in 2019. She's developed not one, but two companies devoted to both of these causes, and she's sharing her story and her passion with us today. So without further delay, here is my conversation with Crystal Partney. Hey, Crystal, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. So why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself and why you're here today? Sure. Well, thanks first and foremost for having me on. I'm, I'm so grateful that you have allowed me to come on to your podcast and tell just a little bit about my story and how that the beginning of the story has changed not only the trajectory of my life, but also has impacted others in a very positive way. Mm-hmm. So why don't you tell us a little bit more about what that looks like here, why you're here and what it, what it corresponds to this podcast? Sure. So before I do that, I'm from uh, Utah. I was born and raised here. I've moved, you know, outside of the state to Oregon, and that's where I met my husband. And he is, he's from Oregon. And then we moved to Colorado, and then we're back home here, at least for me, back home here in Utah. Yeah, that's just a little bit of background about me. I have a five-year-old daughter, and that's just a little bit about me. My, my story actually began in of why I created the two companies that I have. It began in the day before my birthday, actually, in 2019. My sister, Gina, took her life. And after this tragedy that we had just experienced as a family, I just, we were completely devastated. I mean, there's no way around it. It was... We were shocked, we were absolutely heartbroken, and we just didn't know how to put the pieces of our life back together again as we were moving forward because of this tragedy. And it was shortly after that that I kept getting this download on my heart to start Scattering Hope. And Scattering Hope focuses on the aftermath of suicide, and it really helps people sort of process their grief in a very healthy and positive manner that allows them to just really truly believe and know that they are not alone in their journey as they are trying to to cope with their loss of losing a loved one to suicide. Uh And then the sister company (laughs) to Scattering Hope is called Owl and Thistle. Owl as in the bird. (laughs) and it focuses on suicide prevention and we we primarily focus on just letting people know in our lives just how much they matter and how much they are loved because from my own journey and from my own experience of watching my sister and just her life 
in, in general, I knew that when people don't feel like they are loved, when people don't feel like they matter, those thoughts of suicide will enter their mind and they don't leave. And so they tend to get louder and louder as time goes by. And that's why it's even more important to let those people know in our lives how much they matter. Mm -hmm. That's a great, a great outlet and a great cause to come out of tragedy. Your sister's passing didn't happen too long ago. So I imagine you're still, you know, working your way through your own grieving process. Can you share a little bit more, more about what that looks like? How do you manage your own grief? What do you do to make yourself feel okay? I, I imagine some of it lies in scattering hope and alum thistle, but any other things you want to share? Yeah, so it was because of this, my own journey that I created my 30 day journal that really walks somebody through those first 30 days of losing a loved one to suicide. And that details a little bit more about how I was able to, you know, begin that healing process and what that looked like for me. And of course, it's meant to be evergreen in the sense that even if it's been six months or three months or even a month after your loved one has passed away from suicide, I really wanted to encapsulate this, this journal as a way to meet you wherever you're at and allow it to be part of your healing journey and, and to go back to it whenever you need that pick-me-up. Mm -hmm. And so the journal is sort of designed as I have, it starts every single day with a, with a prompt. And so, for example, one of my days that I focus on is drinking water. So I go into a little bit more about why I say that specific prompt. And then I share a little bit about my journey, about how I incorporated water into the healing process, and then also allowed me to just process my grief in, in a very healthy way. And then at the end of each day, there is an affirmation. So for instance, it might say something, you know, going back to the water example, drinking water, have I drank enough water today? And then of course there's, there's lines that you can write in the physical copy in the, the ebook version, there won't be lines, but of course you can grab your journal and, and write for, for that day. And so that really just encapsulates what I, managed to do. And it wasn't like one set thing, if that makes sense. It really incorporated all these different aspects of whether that was self-care, whether that was, you know, seeking out support and help through, through family and through friends and just even just sitting with my emotions, whatever that motion that I was feeling for that day because it's going to come in waves, mm -hmm. or at least that's how I like to visualize it is, you know, one moment you'll be fine and then you'll have a wave and then you'll want to work through that. Yeah. No, that I've heard that analogy before and that it's completely right, right? Like it, any kind of grief, it ebbs and flows, it comes in waves. It's very hard to navigate, but the journal is a great option and a great thing for people to use that's such a great way to articulate your feelings and check in with yourself after you've faced a tragedy or how was your faith affected 
uh, after your sister's passing or was it, did you lean into it? Did you pull away? How did that feel for you? Yeah, that's such a beautiful question. Thank you for asking it. I, in regards to my faith, to be completely transparent, in the beginning after this tragedy, I felt like my faith was kind of shaken at its core, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. Because mm-hmm. like I could see kind of this this pattern of, of events that was leading up to her passing. And there was definitely some some experiences that that came to pass before her passing that really sort of that just shook me at my core in my faith and in my mind I was going okay well because of these experiences and these events leading up to my sister's passing if that is true then why did her passing still happen Mm -hmm. because of those events and so it really just shook me at my core and I had to get still and really lean into my faith and understand that it, it really became my foundation mm-hmm. because otherwise what would have happened for me is I strongly believe I would have crumbled and I would have allowed myself to, you know, I don't want to use the word stuck, but I, it would have kept me stuck in this pattern of the the what ifs and the could haves and the should haves done and the, you know like I should have done this or I could have done that and and that would have kept me in this perpetual cycle of not processing my grief mm-hmm. and 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 again it's a very personal journey in regards to being able to just process your grief and but faith has definitely become that foundation for me in knowing that I did everything I possibly could to prevent this from happening. Mm-hmm. And I really have to allow that peace and that comfort to come through me and just rest on my heart, knowing that I did everything I could to, to love my sister. And I still love my sister and just knowing that I did everything I could and to let any of the guilt and the shame and the, just those negative, heavy, heavy emotions and feelings sort of, I don't want to say put those aside, but really just come back to and and let my heart rest in the comfort of knowing that I did everything I could. But, but absolutely my faith has been, it has been tested mm-hmm. <laughs> numerous times. And, and even now to this day, I still find myself like, okay, um, it's, it's definitely tested for sure, but it, I would say it's been a great journey in regards to making it even stronger. Yeah, I would agree. And it's a good, it's a good time to really lean in when you, when you feel comfortable. I understand being angry and, and it feeling tested, but it is a good thing to lean into because you can always find comfort in, in scripture or whatever, in whatever you know, religion you are, you can always find comfort in it. There's always peace in it somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're with your sister. I mean, obviously this was a familial loss. Like, so I imagine you grieved as a family. So I was just wondering, do you think that it was, did you find strength as a family grieving or, or would you have preferred to kind of manage that loss more personally? I honestly can like speak from my own journey and my family as as my husband and my daughter, I would say that 
we as a as an individual like family unit the i wouldn't say the burden but the really the full weight was on me and Mm -hmm. and my healing Mm -hmm. because my daughter at the time was three she had just turned three in january of that year and my sister passed away in march and Mm -hmm. so she was super little and so to try to explain that to her of of just what had happened and it, it really is a beautiful story and I'll share it if you would like. But even now looking back and she'll tell me like, oh, like this is Aunt Gina's, you know, favorite ice cream. Cause I tried to incorporate those things that she liked on her birthday. And then of course on her, on her passing as well, the, the anniversary of her passing, but especially on her birthday, I tried to incorporate different things that she liked and enjoyed just so I can remind myself of her. But I would say definitely as a family unit, it all of the the weight, so to speak, fell on me to be able to process and even come to terms with my sister's passing. And then I would say that as a family unit, because there's there I'm the youngest of eight. Mm-hmm. So there's there's lots of us yeah and there's different dynamics and so I would say that as a whole we have done our best to sort of process it by ourselves if that makes sense okay yeah so I mean that's really helpful because I think too sometimes people find strength in like the big group and and sometimes I mean I'm one of those people that would generally want to kind of keep it close um, so it sounds like that's what it was for you, each of your siblings as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you mentioned a little bit about managing guilt. Was there, was there any guilt after her, her passing? Was there, did you feel anything like maybe not that it should have been you or something, but just, you know, more connection to her and what, what could have been done and, and how did you kind of get through that? You, you talked a little bit about it before, but maybe you want to just touch on that a little bit. Sure. Yeah. And, and absolutely. I mean, I definitely felt guilt. And the reason why I say that word specifically is because unknowingly the night before she passed, I was invited to attend um, a suicide prevention clinic that at my, I was attending college and I was in my senior year of college about a month away from graduating Mm -hmm. when my sister passed away. But at, when I was attending class, the my professor said, "Hey, just so you know, there's this there's this class tonight on on suicide prevention. If any of you guys are interested, you know, please register." And I remember calling my husband, and I was telling him, "I'm like, okay, so you know, first off, I'm thinking about going, and if I go, that means I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm gonna have to come home." and you know get ready and at the time I was also doing an internship so I would have to leave class go to my internship for the rest of the day and then return that evening and I just remember telling my husband about it and he of course was in full support Mm -hmm. and he knew how badly my sister was struggling and so I remember telling him like well I'll, I'll think about it And then I came home that night and he was kind of surprised. He just said, wow, I didn't expect to see you. And I just said, you know, it's not that I don't want to go, but I'm I'm pretty tired. And I just, I just want to stay home. 
I just, mm-hmm. I've been, you know, going, going, going. And, and like I had just shared, I was about a month away from graduating mm-hmm. college. And so there was a lot on my plate and I was just wore out and I just really, it's not that I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. The, the desire was absolutely there, but at the time, looking back, I was just like, oh, I just want to, I just want to rest. Mm-hmm. And so unknowingly the next morning I would get the phone call from my mother saying that she had taken her life. And so, you know, absolutely. I felt guilt, but looking back and allowing myself grace and saying, Crystal, she, you couldn't have, mm-hmm. I mean, what if you had been the one to discover her? Mm-hmm. What if you had been the one that had went down and, and, talked with her and said, Hey, you know, I just, I went to this clinic and this class and this and shared this, but as hard as it is for me to say, my sister's mind was made up. Yeah. No, I can, I can understand that. We have some family history with uh, suicide as well. Not, not as close as my sister, but um, my aunt. So yeah, it's very, it's very obvious that their mind is made up. Um, There's nothing you could have done, but I, I can understand that that feeling for sure. Did you seek counsel from anybody like a counselor, a therapist, anybody from the church? Was there anybody that you leaned on specifically, even if it was a friend or something that was a particular support to you? Yeah, I would, you know, I have to give props to my husband. He was amazing. After this tragedy, he would take our daughter to, to daycare and just making sure that I was, you know, I took at least two weeks off of work. And it, you know, coincidentally enough, my sister worked for the same family business. And so I, she worked out of a different location, Mm -hmm. but it was still, you know, difficult and unknowingly. um, So work, my, my support system there was extremely helpful. And of course, like I said, it was a family business. Mm -hmm. And so unknowingly when I returned to work, my brother sent out an email saying that our sister had passed. And so just, you know, of course, reading that email, just, I completely was just in tears and just having my coworkers support me in that way. And just saying, you know, we're here for you if you need anything. And um, yeah, but I have to give props to my husband because he was just so loving and, you know, I would have a bad day and he would just say, like, I would lash out at him or I'd lash out at my daughter. And he would just kindly remind me, Crystal, you're processing your sister's death and whatever you're yelling at us for, whatever you, you know, are upset about has nothing to do with us. Yeah. And so it just, again, I have to give props to him because he did such a beautiful job. Mm-hmm. I think anger too is like one of those things that just comes, you just after a loss, you're just angry. You're just angry. It happened. It's sort of one of those stages that happens and it just has to be expected and you have to just move through it. And as long as people around you are kind and supportive, it's going to be fine. Did you find any resources, any, anything that was particularly helpful for you in the beginning, whether it be books or podcasts or even song lyrics, scripture, anything like that? Yeah. I, again, going back to my faith, I returned to, you know, reading excuse me, reading the Bible and reading passages and scripture. 
and writing that journal, writing my 30 day journal for, for other people really was extremely therapeutic. Mm -hmm. And then also writing my book mm -hmm. where I detail, where I go even more in detail about my story and, and how others can heal after this tragedy. Mm -hmm. And right now it's in editing. So that's exciting. That's but really that, exciting. but really just, <clears throat> excuse me, journaling helped a lot. Like mm -hmm. it, it really did. It helped a ton. And also, you know, seeing, you know, seeing a counselor with my mom, that was one of the requests that she had made after my sister's death. We as a family, my siblings decided and, you know, basically told my mother, like, you're going to counseling. Mm -hmm. And of course, my mom, she's very old school. She's like, nope, I'm good. I'm fine. But then we just kind of said, no, you're going. And she reached out to me and said, if I go, will you go with me? And so I said, yes, I'll go with her. And that's been really helpful. To be completely honest, I felt at first, I remember making the appointment and I remember telling the counselor, well, it's already passed. Like it's already happened. Mm -hmm. And, and the, the counselor lovingly said, I need to get you in now. And I didn't understand that because I was like, well, it's, it's too late. Like, mm -hmm. but in my mind, it, it really was, I was like, well, it's, what's the point? It's, it's already happened, if that makes sense. And so mm -hmm. really just that has helped tremendously just mm -hmm. to be able to voice whatever it is that I'm feeling and process whatever it is that I'm feeling. But I would say definitely finding outlets for yourself that, that are helpful and supportive to you because what worked for me may not work for you mm -hmm. and it may it may work for a time it may work for a season and then you may have to switch it up and yep. so just finding what works for you yeah I think counseling is just such a valuable thing sometimes it's it's great right at the beginning and sometimes you need to wait a bit but I think it's it's just nice to have someone who's impartial to sort of validate your feelings and validate what you're saying and offer some counsel on how to how to process it and how to move forward. I think it's extremely valuable. Was there anything, did you, did you have any friends or anything, any people that did anything that was particularly helpful in those early days following? Oh my goodness. Yes. I had, you know, one of my good friends that has been um, just very just supportive and loving throughout the whole thing. She graciously, you know, at first, you know, she called me and, and I, I told her what had happened. And she had said, you know, Crystal, is there anything I can do to support you and help you? And I said, yes. And I, at first, to be honest, I wasn't, I wasn't really willing to tell her what I needed because I was like, nope, I'm good. I, I got this. I'm good. And then it took me a second and I said, no. And her name's Crystal too. I said, you know what, Crystal, I, I don't have time to fix breakfast. Okay. Like, I don't want to have to worry about that. And I just want something that's easy and that's quick and I can just grab and go. And, and I don't want to have to worry about fixing breakfast for our daughter. And so she, you know, I, <laughs> it's kind of funny. I said, I only want just like a couple of things, right? Well, she comes over to my house and she, she brings me this huge basket and it's got like fruit and yogurt and muffins and 
just chocolate milk and just all of the things, right? And there's only three of us, but <laughs> <laughs> it was just wonderful to be able to have that and to just, like I said, grab and go and just go about my day or, you know, for my little girl, just have her grab something and then she can go off to, to school. So that was extremely helpful. Yeah. I think gifts that just make your day-to-day life easier so that you have time to process that, that seems to be a very common trend. So a lot of people that we've been speaking with have been talking a lot about how outreach and fundraising or just finding a way to either bring awareness to causes or, and memorialize their, their loved ones. It's a really, really special thing. And you mentioned a lot about your, your business in the beginning, but I wonder maybe if you can tell us a bit how it came about, like how, how that process happened and how that's been helpful for your own healing. Yeah. Well, again, this is such a beautiful question and thank you for asking it. So scattering hope really began as this just again, this prompting going back to my faith, but going back to that prompting on my heart. And I, I, ironically enough, my, my dad sort of, he started his own business. So he was an entrepreneur and he had a very similar experience in the sense that he kept getting this prompting on his heart and it was three times and he kept, you know, pushing it off, pushing it off. And then finally the third time, you know, came around and he was like, okay, I just have to do this because it won't go away. And that was very much, you know, my journey to scattering hope because I just felt, again, I had graduated college at this point and I told myself, okay, Crystal, like take a year off. You don't have to rush out and find a job in your field that you just graduated, which is, you know, great, but take a year off and just process this and just heal heal from this tragedy and so it was during that that year's time span that and and it wasn't like okay the one year mark had come it was coming and I kept getting this download it was it was throughout that year that I kept getting this prompting and it was just like again and again and again and then you know I remembered my dad sharing his story and I was like okay I have to do this And so I started scattering hope and it was in that process of saying, okay, like I want to help other families heal after losing a loved one to suicide because so very often, and I can speak from my own journey, but also from others that I've heard that have lost a loved one to suicide, you feel so alone. Mm -hmm. You feel like you have been left behind and, Mm -hmm. and yes, all of the efforts and the energies and the and the push is towards prevention, but when, and that's wonderful and that's great. However, you have people like myself and other families like mine that have lost a loved one to suicide and you feel left behind and you feel like, well, what about me? What about us? If that makes sense at all, because Mm -hmm. it's like, oh my goodness, like, what about us? Like we, we're still here we're still trying to work through this aftermath of this tragedy. And where do I begin? How do, how do I even begin to do that? Mm-hmm. And so again, that, that prompting on my heart just kept getting stronger and stronger as the days would go by that I really needed to help other families process their grief and, and just heal from this tragedy that they've experienced in their own life. 
Mm-hmm. So as I was sort of mapping that out and deciding, okay, this is, this is how I want it to look. This is how I feel would be the most beneficial to, to someone that has lost a loved one to suicide. Like I have, it was during sort of those early phases and that early design of scattering hope that I, again, kept getting another prompting on my heart saying, Crystal, I want you to focus on prevention too. But we're going to go about this in a, a little bit, you know, a slightly different way in the sense that we're going to come uh, and approach this as a way to really let people know in our lives that how much they are loved. Because mm-hmm. going off of my own journey with my sister and watching her, and I, I absolutely believe that she knew that she was loved, but it was that continual feeding of, of the lie. And I say it's a lie because it is the lie that she didn't matter. Right. And the lie, and maybe she would have a bad day and she would, you know, again, that lie would come up and it would be probably say something to her, like, see, I told you, you're not loved Mm -hmm. or, you know, maybe she would have a, just a bad day at work and she would, you know, maybe internalize that. Mm -hmm. And then, so I say that it really is a vicious cycle in that regard to, to stop those negative thoughts and to just really allow space because, oh, oftentimes when I watched it again with my sister, you struggle in silence. Mm-hmm. You struggle behind closed doors. Mm-hmm. And this, an Alan Thistle really is, is focused and, and very passionate about bringing the conversation to the surface. Because the more people talk about, hey, you know, I'm struggling here. And yes, I've had thoughts of suicide, but I'm not going to give it to those thoughts. I'm going to reach out. Help. I'm going to find support in any way that I can because I don't want to believe those lies. Right. If that makes sense. Yeah, no, that's that's a perfect way to kind of outline it. I think it's really interesting too that you say uh, those of you that are here that are left living are left behind. Interestingly, it's probably how people that take their own life feel before they go, they feel like they've been left behind. And so that's why they're leaving. It's yeah. just such an interesting parallel. And if you could, if, if they could connect the two, then you would realize you actually have people here that are willing to fight for you. And uh, yeah. so I think it's a really great way to encapsulate everything. Is there anything we missed? Anything you want to talk about? Anything you want to share with anybody that's listening? Yeah, I just want to emphasize if, you know, going back to what we were just talking about on the prevention side, both parties, whether you have experienced a tragedy like I have, or you are contemplating suicide and you are feeling like you don't matter, both parties feel like they are alone. Mm -hmm. And my mission, my purpose is to let both parties know that you're not alone. Because I, I cannot tell you how many times, Nicole, like I've I've heard people come to me and say, Crystal, thank you so much for this work that you're doing. I haven't shared this with anybody, mm-hmm. but when I was a teenager or when I was a young adult, I actually attempted to take my life. Nobody yeah. knows that. Mm-hmm. And you, I was, my heart was just so filled because I was like, oh my goodness, thank you so much for sharing that. Mm-hmm. Because how long have you, and, and you know, the, the people that, that are talking to me, sharing their heart and their stories and their, 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 their history with, 
with their with their mental health they're older now mm-hmm. and to have someone like myself to feel comfortable in sharing that story because let's be honest that's not an easy story to share no regardless of your age that's that's not an easy thing to say you know what I'm struggling here and I really need help and yes I've contemplated suicide I don't know and it scares me to think that and to verbalize that but having someone in your life that you can feel comfortable with and and the more that we talk about it the more both parties are able to understand that there is a team and a community for them that is not going to let you feel left behind and mm-hmm. is not going to let you feel alone. Mm-hmm. It's so, so key. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you so much. Where can our listeners find you? Sure, you bet. Well, you can find me at scatteringhope.com or you can also find Al and Thistle at alandthistle.com as well. And I'll make sure to reference that in the show notes for you. And then also same at hello at Scattering Hope. You can email me and I'll respond. And the same thing, hello at alanswell.com. So that's how you can reach me. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Crystal. This has been enlightening and just a wonderful conversation. Thank you. I've enjoyed it. Thanks.